Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so, yeah, are, are, have you moved on to Philadelphia? Or are you still are you still thinking about the most amazing play that we've ever seen in Vikings history? I think I'm I, kind of caught in between. I still. think I've absorbed uh, what we saw Sunday against the Saints. I think I've I've moved on. But as I told you on the Wednesday show, the only thing is I had a definite feeling about that Saints game from from the time that the Saints beat the Panthers. I had a feeling for how that Vikings game was at least going to go. Yeah. Not end, but how it was going to go. I don't have a good feel for this game. I don't. I do. I don't have a good feeling for it. And that doesn't it's gonna mean... It's going to be ugly. That's it, the only feel. Well, no, but... And this doesn't mean that I think the Vikings are going to lose. I just don't have a feeling for how what what the what the flow of the game is going to be. Yeah. And now that Jacksonville and Pittsburgh just played a forty-five to forty-two game that no one thought was going to reach. If you were to say, "Wait, wait, forty-two, like they combined to score forty? Yeah. No, no, no. The over under, like, like Jacksonville scored forty-five points in yep. that game. Uh, I've got some great stuff from Craigslist here, by the way. All right, it's uh, we'll get to it in a second because Denny's been on on the uh, the phone lines for about ten minutes here. But uh, Vikings fans who were looking for love inside U.S. Bank Stadium, the missed connections are hot right now. But six five one six four six eight two five five. Denny, you're on the show. Hey, good morning. Um, hey, I just want to throw out a few a few things and then I'll let you go and uh, you can either trash me or or agree. Uh, first of all, I don't understand where all this surprise comes from on the Keenum issue. Uh, when I look him up, he had a hell of a college career. The guy threw for yeah. 19,000 yards in college and 155 touchdowns. So when I see him throw a touchdown pass, I'm not saying like the way the game ended the other day, but when they're down in the, in the uh, red zone and I see him throw a touchdown pass, this is what this kid's been doing all his football career. So, okay, that's first thing. Mm-hmm. Second thing, I get tired of seeing plays like I seen in one of that last game, I think the Chicago game, where they had the ball on the six-yard line and ran three runs and ended up taking a field goal because everybody in the stadium knew they were going to run. Okay, that's, that's my next point. The last point I got to throw at you is – I'm not happy to see these uh, guys, the, the Vikings, running uh, plays with the quarterback not having a running back in there. I think this uh, potential handoff buys a passer an extra second at least uh, while the, while the, uh, the defensive uh, people have to decide who the hell's got the ball. And um, uh, I just uh, I, I think these I'm, – I'm worried in this regard. I think the Vikings can win the next two games they play. <clears throat> yeah. The only thing that I'm concerned about is that they're going to rely completely on a defense that shuts out a team for two quarters and then is a complete sieve 
for two quarters. They got to score points, and the only way they're going to score points is to throw the ball and not worry. I mean, I guess you always have to worry about interceptions. Right, right. Thanks, thanks, Danny. We get the. Uh, I, I mean, they were a complete sieve against Drew Brees only. It's not like a theme throughout me, the year where they've been a sieve in the second half. Okay, I have, I've told you before, I have some concern. I have certainly have offensive concerns about mistakes, but I will go uh, back to what I've been saying for months now. Pat Shermer's had a great year of play calling, so I'm not going to sit here and sweat his play calls. I mean, are there are there occasional play calls this year where you've been like, yeah, oh, sure, but he's had a great year of play yeah. calling. So and actually, he it, so the the caller complained about three runs in or uh, yeah, three straight runs in Chicago at the six. I was actually like, why they, they threw three times one time at the fade in that pass. Saints game, and I Threw-ed thought, why don't you make yes. uh, mixing a run there? But I'm with you, yeah. But I mean, if they if they elect on on a play uh, to, to not have a back in there, guess what? I'm not going to say, oh man, this is terrible. I mean, Patrick. Just remember all of the times that this team has had offensive coordinators who have called plays for weeks on end, and we are baffled by this. Appreciate this. Appreciate this. And and the the thing that, that surprises me about Keenum is this. He's 29 years old, he was undrafted, and he got chances, and he's never played like this. If he had been un, if they had if he had been undrafted. And teams have just whiffed, and and he got in the league, and let's say two or three years in, he's playing great. Then I'm like, teams just screwed up, and he's fantastic. The only surprise here is it took a long, long time. He's 29 and now playing this well. Yeah, I think now that you can look back the last 10 years of Case Keenum, including college and his, his Jekyll and Hyde NFL career, the biggest surprise to me now that we've seen the peak of him in the NFL is that he wasn't drafted somewhere. I, I actually agree with Denny the caller and that, you take a guy who was that good in college, albeit with a system, definitely you know, the, the systems have proven with Hawaii quarterbacks, with Texas Tech quarterbacks, you definitely elevate the numbers. Even Notre Dame with great offensive lines have elevated guys like Jimmy Clausen and Brady Quinn to first and second round draft status. And as it turns out, they couldn't play in the NFL. So I'm, I'm a little more shocked now that we've seen 10 years of Case Keenum's resume here that he wasn't drafted somewhere along the line, for sure. God's sakes. Not that he's Aaron Rodgers, but um, yeah, good call from Denny. And we can keep the phone lines open throughout the rest of the show. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Vikings fans, Judd and Dave here again. We're looking for love on Sunday. I bring you the Craigslist Missed Connections section. And if you're not familiar with this, it's where... People think they connected with someone. Maybe they made eye contact with the grocery store cashier. A glance across the room. It could be maybe a brush or a whiff of perfume or cologne. I saw you in your Helga horns. Yeah, we were... I couldn't stop thinking about you. Wow. I want to grab those Helga horns from... No, I shouldn't finish that sentence in this climate. Let's just get to these. Yeah. I want to hear them. Okay, this is from Craigslist.com. And the title is Vikings Minnesota Miracle Playoff Game Today. Woman seeking a man. Five foot two, single, and curvy. You were at the game with two of your friends, and I thought you were incredibly attractive. It was impossible to try and talk to you since they were always around and the stadium was on fire with our cheering. Trust <laughs> 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 Oh my gosh. Your blue eyes were summoning me 
and you had a wickedly cute smile. What is this, football porn? I had to leave quickly after the game to catch the bus. But I regret not talking to you. Anyway, on the off chance you see this and think it might be you, tell me something. (laughs) Your friend lost something. What was it? We were in section 207, row 2. I will verify my identity with a pick from the game after I'm certain it's you. I'm only looking to talk to the person I posted this for. Don't waste your time writing to say it will if you don't find him. Would love to get together and watch the next game. Dot, dot, dot. Or something. Smiley Football face. and chill? Oh. <laughs> Football and chill. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Hey, baby. You want to come over for some Tony Dungy pregame and chill? <laughs> we don't blink until he yeah. does. <laughs> Your friends wouldn't leave you alone. Oh. Oh, there's more. This is another woman seeking a man. Hi. You and I sat next to each other at US Bank Stadium. I can't believe we almost missed the best play of the whole game. Of the whole game. Of the whole just one game. NFL history. We caught it though. Seven years. I was there with my brother, who was in a wheelchair. I wanted to ask you for your number. We high-fived all night and seemed to have the same love for the Vikings. Send me a message with what jersey you are wearing and your phone number, even better. Skull Vikings. Wow. <laughs> so much more than just a football game. I didn't even realize. I never high-fived all night. Yeah, for a couple hours. Well, you have a child. Eh? <laughs> Here's another one. Uh, I can't tell if it's a male or a female seeking oh, who. But oh, that's okay. Just read Vikings it. Vikings Tutu, five foot four, married and curvy. What? Married and curvy. That's right. Okay. Wow. You sat next to us at the Vikings game Sunday. Oh, oh, oh. This is a married couple looking for a woman. A married couple Whoa! looking for a woman. Whoa! We're swinging, Whoa! baby. Next level. Whoa! Take it to the next level. You sat next to us at the Vikings game. And Warrior Tutu, my wife and I thought you were a lot of fun. We didn't get your number. Hit us up if you read this. We want to go to another game with you. Dot, 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 dot. Or something. Oh! Taking it to the next level of Vikings (laughs) fans right there. Wow. Oh, my God. Actually, there's there's another one from a wild game. This might be Judd, actually, from a wild game on January 9th, Section 117. Does that sound familiar? I I don't like to talk about where I was sitting at wild Does that sound familiar? I don't like to talk about it. Five foot ten and single and athletic. Okay, that's not me. That's not Judd. No, that's not me. I am more than five foot ten. Shot in the dark. Although I am athletic. I believe your name was Steph. You were one row in front of me. We made eye contact several times. I wanted to say something. But you were sitting next to your dad. Hopefully this finds its way. <laughs> Hopefully she's not 13. I was going to say, I really hope <laughs> oh I really God. hope she's got a license at least. <laughs> do these things ever work? That's you like, know, well, that'd be know? a great question. There should be like a separate section in the misconnections for connections. Is there, that like, a sco- is there like a scoreboard where we know if it ever works? I don't know. We should do this every week on our show. Sports well, misconnections on Craig's. I didn't realize that 
They came from sporting events sometimes, but I guess it makes perfect well, I sense. Mean, you've, you know, you get a I couple drinks know, in you, you're cheering for the same team, passion's flowing, high fives, two nights, two two. The couple scolding together. The the couple trying to find the gal is probably my favorite of the ones that you just read, though. Have you guys ever thought that you've encountered a swinging couple before? Or like a person who's clearly married but acts differently than you would? Because it's like there's been two or three oh, times sure, in my life yeah. where I've thought, what do you guys, hmm. Yes. Hmm. Yes. I, I encountered, when I when I covered the Packers in Green Bay, I, I would shockingly go to a local bar on Friday nights, and I once encountered a couple who who would try to recruit single guys from the bar to play foosball with them. Air quotes. And I always thought, I bet they're swingers. <laughs> Because they'd be like, you want to come play foosball? My wife's right at the table, at the foosball table right now. I said, that's sort of weird. You know well, like, what I mean? So You're... like, they would go up to people they've never met. Yeah, they, they came up ask, to me. do you want to play foosball, foosball with me and my wife? Y- yes, the guy would be... Would he raise the eyebrows twice, the, like, the... during the word foosball? I believe foosball? I believe that the time that I was, was recruited for this, I was sitting at the bar at Andoozy's, and I'm sitting there, and the guy comes up to me. He's like, do you want to play foosball with me and my wife? She's at the table right now. And I'm like, okay, that's great. She's sitting there like Sharon Stone. It was ve- it was very odd, and I am con- con- I was very confident that these people had more than foosball oh. in mind. I went to a concert at Target Field one time. I think I told you guys the story a few years ago. And my girlfriend and I were sitting on the end of this row. Um, it was one of the it was like the, one of the Kenny Chesney concerts. And so there was six people to our left directly. So the next six seats were man, woman, man, woman, man, woman, but they all, they were all there together and all like, they were all paired off for the first, whoever was out there first, like Jason Aldean. And they were kind of like grinding and dancing and like, okay, yeah, they're all having a good time. Well then like Chesney comes out and I look over and I only had maybe one beer and I was trying to make sure am I, they're grinding, but now they've like switched Oh yeah! It was like a, it yep. was like three swinging couples yep. all making out with each other throughout the course yeah, of this concert next to us. That's yeah. very uncomfortable if you don't know what's going on for a second there. Yeah, I mean, it was dark. Maybe they, I don't know. It's all very, uh, it's all very foreign. I want to know though: is this ever successful? That's my question. Hey, 651-646-8255. You ever have a successful misconnection on Craigslist? You call us. Let's get to Matthew Collar here. Get a winner. Speaking of swingers, Matthew Co- <laughs> Matthew Collar from Winter Park on the Vikings. Put that on the poor guy. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Yes, sir! On 1500 ESPN. The biggest thing with Nick Foles is you gotta um, you gotta get around him. You gotta affect him. You gotta um, you gotta make him um, be a little hesitant in the pocket. Um, you know. Um, with no pressure, he has a very good passer rating with, with being affected and getting hit and getting hit. Um, you know, it comes down a lot. So we got to affect him in, in different ways. But that's what we got to stop the run first and foremost to be able to um, get to him. All right, let's get to Matthew Collar, Winter Park, Vikings in full Eagles mode right now. I got, I got a question. We haven't really dove into the, the meat and potatoes of this, Matthew Collar. And people should go read his stuff, 1590ESPN.com, Purple Podcast. The Eagles' defense has been very stout at home in particular. What? How good do you think their defense is, and what do you think the Vikings are capable of doing against it on grass on the road? 
I think their defense is extremely good, especially on the defensive line, and I, I think that impacts everything. They're number one in the NFL in rushing, and they put a lot of pressure on the quarterback with just four guys rushing, and uh, oftentimes they uh, are so good in the middle with Fletcher Cox that the quick linebackers, Nigel Bradham and Michael Kendricks, those guys are great athletes, very fast, that they can uh, get through holes and, and shut down running backs and shut down the screen game. I, I think that's where it all starts for them. And If you were going to find one weakness in the secondary, it's probably the cornerbacks who haven't really impressed me at times throughout the season. But I wonder if the reason that they're – better at home is in part because the field is so ugly and bad that it's harder for wide receivers to create separation and do double moves and things like that on that type of field and get away from those corners because especially Ronald Darby's a very good athlete and he can uh, you know close the gap but he has trouble sometimes you know maybe being a little over aggressive or getting his head around like we've seen from Trey Wayans uh, in the past before this year he's got a little bit of that issue but then they also have one of the best safeties in the NFL in Malcolm Jenkins. So really at all three levels, they impact the game. And then when you get at home, you get the noise, you get the field. I think a lot of things there play in their favor. How, how is Thielen's back and Sandejo's head today, sir? Uh, well, with uh, Thielen's back, we're just going to have to wait and see here uh, what, what, what's going to happen because, you know, I didn't expect that to be an issue really. At the end of the game, I mean, even I when – Thielen talked, it was like, uh, okay, I mean, he seems fine. Nothing seems wrong here. And then all of a sudden he's out of practice. And uh, with Sandeo, he was working out too at the beginning of practice. And, again, you kind of – I don't know where he stands in the concussion protocol. We've learned not to trust Mike Zimmer when it comes to this stuff. Um, so Zimmer said, seems like he'll be fine. But I don't know what that means because he hasn't cleared the concussion protocol yet. So it, it seems like there's definitely a chance that Sandejo could not play, and I'm, I'm just going to wait and see on uh, Adam Thielen. I, I can't say right now that I would expect him to not play because uh, even though it's a lower back injury, maybe they're just giving it rest. I think tomorrow is going to be the big day. We'll see how much he practices. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Collar from Winter Park. He's been reporting all season long from there. You can find him on our show uh, a couple times a week, Purple Podcast, 1500ESPN.com. All right, there's I we've had 24 hours of trash talk between and we're kind of caught up in this uh, Eagles fans, the fanatic in Philadelphia keeps running our stuff on from our show. And I think one of the narratives I've heard is well, you know, from the Eagles side, well Case Keenum is no different than Nick Foles. You guys think Case Keenum What do you think is the difference, Matthew, between Nick Foles and Case Keenum? Uh mobility is is the difference between those two. That uh, Case Keenum, though not impressive in the 40-yard dash, has shown us that he can run with the ball if things break down in the pocket and that he can escape the pocket and throw on the move. Now, there were times where Atlanta rushed and uh, Nick Foles did a good job of stepping up and finding a man, uh, maybe a check down option and, and playing it safe a, a few times in that game against the Falcons. He did a good job with that. But you are not going to see Nick Foles taking off, rolling outside the pocket, holding the ball in the po- outside the pocket for 10 seconds like Case Keenum did at one point. Uh, but I also don't think you're going to see Nick Foles take too many risks down the field either. And, well, those sometimes work out for Case Keenum and can be uh, you know, big plays when that happens. We've also seen too many times where he'll be outside the pocket and take that risk downfield that either almost gets them in trouble or does get them in trouble uh, like it did against New Orleans. So I think uh, 
Now, Keenum is, is the better of the two quarterbacks, I would say. But, it, you know, I mean, when Nick Foles was at his best under Chip Kelly, it was very similar to the type of situation that Case Keenum has here. And if you look at the numbers, I think some of us still think of Keenum as throwing it down the field successfully a lot, but he really didn't this year. And most of his success came from short throws and having guys run after the catch, and that's what Nick Foles is going to try to do too. How imperative in your mind uh, is the success of the of the run game, Collar, based on this? My contention is is you can't you can't have Case make make the dumb throw and certainly the one that he made against the Saints. But that being said, if you are going to go that route and count on him not to make dumb mistakes, the Vikings run game becomes very very important. So so what's your guess about the type of step that that run game can take uh, from what they did against the Saints, which was okay, not great, to Sunday's game against Philadelphia? Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really hard. I think what you hope for is that Mike Remmers is even more comfortable at left guard. I didn't think he had a really bad game, but that now playing it for the second time, he's in better shape there. Um, and you hope that you could do just something with those defensive linemen up front. I mean, they are just they're stacked with with beasts, and they're deep, and they run a rotation, so they don't get tired either. It's hard to wear them out. Um, but I think the running game is everything for the Vikings. Because if you can run the ball, we've seen them when they've had success on the ground, and they run on first down. The Vikings do more than any other team in the NFL. And when they've had success doing that, you set up second and five or you set up third and two, and the Vikings were also one of the best teams in the NFL on third and short. We saw a lot of play actions on on third and short come up with some big plays at times or or at least enough to get first downs and keeps drives moving. When Case Keenum is put in third, long, third and long situations this year, he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. He hit on a few of them against New Orleans, but this is a better defense than against New Orleans. So I think everything starts there for Case Keenum. Yeah, uh, this is, I, I really think to take the shots you took defensively from Drew Brees in the second half and still get away with a win because your offense comes back down the field twice, once with a field goal, then once with the miracle play at the end. Yeah, I, I think. It was almost a good thing for the defense to get lit up like that in the second half because now you can bounce back against far from a Hall of Fame quarterback in Nick Foles. Not that this is going to be an easy performance because they can block, they can run the ball, but I almost think we may have seen the worst of it defensively and the Vikings might button this thing up. It's going to be really hard for the Eagles to score two touchdowns in this game. What do you think? Oh, I I look at both teams and I say, how are you guys going to score a lot of points? I mean, with the Vikings, I can come up with a scenario where Thielen digs, uh, get plays down the field, and that's how they do it. Uh, with the Eagles, it's really tough to see how they're going to score because if you think about maybe something, it's really they have a great offensive line, one of the best in the league. So, I mean, they, they should be able to run the ball a little bit. But if you think of some of the other games where you've seen backup-level quarterbacks play against the Vikings or even guys who just aren't great like Andy Dalton or when you saw Brett Hundley and the Vikings completely shut down those running games and then they tried to throw short passes, Mitch Trubisky too. And guys that have to rely on a lot of short passes do not do well against the Vikings. And I forget who was pointing this out on Twitter, one of the film analysts, maybe it was Brian Baldinger, I forget who it was, pointing out that on third downs, the Vikings will not drop their safeties deep, that they will keep their safeties pretty close to where the sticks are, and they'll dare you to try and beat them on a third down and long. So that means when you're trying to throw those slant passes and those little RPOs and things like that where you're getting the ball out quick, you have 
Anderson Deho and Harrison Smith right up there in big situations. I think that's one of the reasons that the Vikings were the best third down team basically in NFL history. Yeah. All right. So where are you leaning on this one? Vikings or Eagles? Who do you think wins at the end? I am leaning toward the Vikings, but I think it's going to be hideous football. I mean, I, <laughs> I think that if you grew up in like the 1960s watching football, you're going to be like, yeah, this is it. This is like NFL films, music, grinding. I'm hoping it rains a little because, uh, you know, I, I just think this is going to be a grind fest, and you could be looking at something like 14 to 9 is the final score. That's what I said. Take I, the uh, undercut. I said 13 to 9 feels like the final score of this game. But then again, Jaguar Steelers was 45 42, and no one thought that would happen, but I think right. it's going to be ugly yeah. too. Yeah. You know, I feel I feel almost silly saying it because it's just so obvious that turnovers are bad. But in this game, it's just it's so true though. I mean, if you give the other team one extra possession, I think that's going to be a, a huge factor in this game. The team that can grind down the other team's defense and hold on to the ball. That's how the Eagles beat the Falcons. Is they got into that second half and all of a sudden the Falcons started to get worn down and they had two long drives and that's how they ended up winning it. And there was a, you know, a couple turnovers, a couple bad plays there. And, and that's going to be the difference, but it leaves you for very little margin of error when it's going to be a low scoring game. like yeah. that. Thank Good you, stuff, Matthew Collar. Great Bye, stuff. Matthew. Thanks guys. Talk to you. Go find his stuff on 1500 ESPN.com. Uh, our, our entire featured section of written stuff is all Vikings right now, obviously. And you can go check out as far as on-demand audio. If you're if you're uh, jumping in and you're maybe new to our show or new to 1500 ESPN, not only do we have the Mackie and Judd show, but we've got Vikings Ventline on demand. We've got the Purple Podcast on demand. Judd's a regular on that with Matthew Collar. Uh, Purple FTW with with Andy Carlson, more of a fan perspective podcast. So And Doogie is pumping out Scoop Podcasts. Uh, Doogie's had a couple huge name guests. He'll join us on the show tomorrow mm-hmm. at 1015. So... Dave, what kind of questions do you want to hurl at us next? We'll have a little bit on the game as well as a little bit just comparing uh, Minnesota versus Philadelphia. We'll find out who actually is better since they ah, suck. Ah, okay. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They have completely gone off the deep end. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. Got some things to do. All right, Dave Harrigan. You've been monitoring the fanatic in Philly. I have all show as well, and they're just basically their whole show is just making fun of us, right? They've been going a lot back to the well of how many championships do they have versus how many championships do we have, and they were listing off everybody from the Twins, Vikings, Wild Wolves, back you know to the Lynx to the. Uh, Minnesota Vixen women's football team to the Windchill, the uh, ultimate Frisbee team, to United, both MLS and NASL, and the Saints, and the Fargo-Moorhead Redhawks, for God's sake. Did they get to the Minneapolis Lakers? Because that's they our did. dynasty. Eventually. They they went all the... I listened, and they went through all these via Wikipedia. And then it came later, after a break or two, that, hey, uh, hey uh, Billy, or whoever the uh, host was that was going over it the first time. Probably Donnie. Yeah, Donnie or Vito or whatever it is. Uh, you uh, you forgot one team. We we know we realized we missed out on the Minneapolis Lakers because they won a lot of titles back at the mic and one ring years. for each finger on one hand. Baby. Yeah, and the funny thing is the uh, the hosts Billy Donnie Vito 
Well, I'm, I'm not counting those. I mean, I'm not going back to like Chamberlain Ross. <laughs> I'm not counting those. Yeah. Oh. Well, but you can take the Flyers from 1960, whatever. So where do we draw the line? So the Lakers won a championship in 1954. Sure. But, and the Eagles won an NFL championship in 1960. Oh, that counts, but this oh, Yeah, because it's, okay. yeah, it's Mike yeah. and it's, it's old timey. Yeah, if we're just going recent, the Twins have two in the early 90s. The Phillies have one. 10 years ago, mm. ne- neither other franchise uh, or none of the franchises in either market have won anything significant since like the early 80s. So, sorry. Yeah. Anyways, questions. Are we ready for this? Let's do it. I was going through the four possible outcomes of this game. Either, you know, Vikings win close, Eagles win close, Vikings win a blowout, Eagles win a blowout. And I thought to myself, I can see the Vikings winning a blowout. I could see them just absolutely pounding the Eagles from the get-go and rolling up some points and making this not a game. I can't see it the other way. Am I wrong or not? What's the more probable outcome, Vikings blowout win or Eagles blowout win? Oh, I think you're probably right. I think it's Vikings, but I I would be shocked if either team won by by. 14 or more points. See, I wouldn't be. I would That's be. the thing. Don't the Eagles defense is really good. Mm-hmm. It's really good. So I think the the probability to me I think is going to be I think and I, I might change this. Vikings in a close game. Uh but if it's a blowout on either side, I'm going to be shocked. The Vikings have 3 losses this season. 14 to 7 at home against the Lions early in the year when they really they were trying to figure out is Sam Bradford back is, is Case Keenum the starter. They lost 31-24 to Carolina on the road. They did lose 26 to 9. They haven't been blown out all season is my point. Their worst loss, their only loss by more than one score was at Pittsburgh in week 2 back on September 17th, 26 to 9. And I don't think the game was seven I mean that was a fairly close game for a while anyways and then the Steelers scored late. And that, so that if that if you want to count that as a blowout, they lost by 17 points. Like, would you count that as a blowout? I don't know. It's you know to only give up 26 is uh, you know it's not embarrassing. So I'm with Dave on this one. I don't think there's any chance a Nick Foles led offense is going to blow out the Vikings unless they get a special teams touchdown or a pick six or something like that would be the path to scoring 30 or something and winning the game like 30 to 13 and, and embarrassing the Vikings. I do think if you're going to rank those four outcomes, just sort of a question within the question, I think the the likely outcomes are number one, Vikings close, number two, Eagles close, number three, Vikings in a blowout, and then number four, Eagles in a blowout. That's how I would rank those four outcomes. But, um, yeah, I mean, both quarterbacks are probably going to throw a pick or something. Both teams are probably going to turn the ball over. And that 38-and-a-half over-under seems... That'll be fun to talk to Furman tomorrow. It just... That's a low over-under, but even for this game, it feels like the under is the obvious bet, so maybe the answer is take the over. Yeah, well, it could be. Let's talk about uh, getting pressure or finding ways to stop the Eagles' offense. Look back to last week, and Drew Brees did all the damage when he wasn't being pestered at all. I don't remember much pressure on him at all late third quarter and throughout the fourth. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I don't remember it. Yeah, I think you're right. So Nick Foles is the quarterback. He's not quite Drew Brees. You got to throw the ball at some point. You got a good running game in Philly, but you got to throw it at some point. If you're Mike Zimmer, how are you getting pressure on Nick Foles against what is, or where it is, apparently a really good offensive mm-hmm. line? Well, you you hope that your front four can get it, but I don't. 
against a guy like that who's not going to sit back and just like dissect your defense, I would send pressure. I'd send Harrison Smith. I would just basically say, all right, Harrison Smith, Trey Waynes, uh, if Sendejo plays or whoever the, you know, if it's Anthony Harris, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, you're all going to be sent at least two times in this game as an extra guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and there might be a couple where we just dial up the the all out. We're going to go man coverage, no safety help over the top, and we're going to dial up the whole thing. I would be scared to death to do that against Tom Brady if you get there in three weeks and against Drew Brees last week. I wouldn't be scared to do it against Nick Foles. I think I think your corners, Xavier Rhodes, I think you can you can cover one on one. You can send extra guys, and you're not going to get dissected by an all-time top five Hall of Fame quarterback. So I would I would send extra pressure. That's I would. perfect. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if if you if you thought that that Wayne's uh, couldn't hold up in coverage, which he obviously can, it, it would be a concern. But your cornerbacks are so good, you're fine. You send you send Smith. You send. Safety blitzes, you send linebackers, you're fine. Foles gets gets flustered. I think that that is, is not going to be tough. And plus, you got to go back to Zim's known as the A-gap a blitz guy. So, yeah, I mm. think I think you're, you're going to see a lot more uh, consistent pressure. And I think it's probably going to work because my guess is Foles, at, at some point in time, because he can't move, is going to get uh, flustered by it. Yeah, quick aside with all these Vikings like X's and O's conversations, uh, Dr. Bits, loyal listener, tweets into the show, every time you guys have Matthew Collar on, he scares the crap out of me and I become 100% convinced the Vikings will lose. Just likes to point out what could go wrong. <laughs> yeah, he's but he's bringing, he's watching film and he's bringing analysis and... He's not saying that he picked them to win. He's just saying the Eagles defense is really good. This is a road game. The Vikings are going to have a hard time scoring a bunch of points. And get your antacids ready for three and a half hours. All right. Let's be definitive about this. Let's find out who's better, Minnesota or Philadelphia. And we're going to start with the football team, since that's what we're really fighting about. I've Mm -hmm. got a selection of categories here, and I want you guys to be as fair as possible. Judging uh, which which is the better option, the Minnesota option or the Philadelphia option? Are you ready? Okay, let's do this. Let's go. Are we like, are we going to food here too, or is this oh, just a this sports is thing? Be food, everything. This is going to be music. We're going to get into everything. Here. Love it. Okay, not quite everything. That would take a long time. All right. First, let's stick on the football field and specifically the logos on the football team. And I want the logo on the helmet. Who's got the better helmet logo? The Viking horn or the Eagles? Uh, Feather. Oh, it's, it, oh, it's not even close. This is it's, a close one. No, it's not even close. The close Eagle, one. No, it's it's the Vikings horn. The Eagles have an identity crisis. They can't decide if they want to put the full eagle on the side of the helmet, if they want the partial eagle, if they want. They've changed their logo a hundred times in fifty years. The Vikings the are confident in their one logo. This is hey, the logo. Wait, wait, never wait, deviated. Wait, wait, wait. The Vikings. Much, no, a much stronger wait, wait, wait. The brand. Vikings deviated though to, to wearing that high school looking outfit in two thousand and six or something, which ruined it. The old this is Vi- a helmet conversation, the old, Judd. But but the old Viking the old Vikings look in the seventies was classic. It never should have been changed. I think this is closer. I think this is a close one. Well, you got to pick a side. You can't just say it's close. You know what? Offense. Okay, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the Vikings, but just barely. Okay, just barely. Nah, that's fine. They, I mean, they can't. I, I kind of like when they had. Wasn't the full the full eagle on the side of the helmet in the set in the eighties? The Randall Cunningham Eagles. Yeah, they had it at some point. For a know. while, right? Yeah. I, I, I think it's QB than Eagles. I don't know Randall Cunningham. I just know QB Eagles. Eagles. Yeah, QB Eagles. God, he was fast. That's another thing. You know what? Like, talk about an ego. Vikings quarterbacks are always willing to put their names on Tecmo Super Bowl. That's right. Wade, Wade Wilson. Wilson. Rich Gannon. Boom. 
the reason for yeah, that. Your guy's got su- such an ego. Then he comes to Minnesota and best year of his career. Cunningham, what do you want? He richly deserved at the time. Next category, I know it was discussed among you two earlier, but I don't think a decision was ever made. Who's got the better fight song? Skull Vikings or Fly Eagles Fly? And keep in mind, Skull Vikings focuses on offense. Go get that first down, then get a touchdown. Fly Eagles Fly, the focus is on defense. Hit them high, hit them low. True. Let's, let's sample them here. Similar. Let's play the Vikings one. So we had a road to victory, score a touchdown, hit them low, hit them high, and then a, a chanting with all the letters of the, the team name. Cold Vikings, let's win this game. Cold Vikings, honor your name. Go get that first down, then get a touchdown. Walk em, suck em. This is a no-brainer. It is Skull Vikings. One reason why. Run up the score is fantastic. Yeah, I agree. That final part there. It's very Bill Belichickian. When you come into the league on day one and basically say, screw sportsmanship, we're going to beat you and we're going to continue to score points, you win. And you know what? It's all about the process these days. You got to, you know, once you hone your process, the Eagles are talking about scoring touchdowns. The Vikings are talking about first downs and then touchdowns. That's right. You got to get the first downs before you can get the touchdowns. We want sustained drives. We want to pound you Correct. into the dirt play after play. <laughs> yeah. Skull Vikings. Yep. All right. How about this one? Let's go with the iconic foods. Cheese steak, Juicy Lucy. Um, Boy, you know what? I got yeah, This is going to be sacrilege. I got to say cheese steak because I've never bitten into a Juicy Lucy that didn't singe my Scald tongue for like mouth. two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you can't eat it. It just, it, I mean, they're good, but prepare for your tongue to be numb for like two and a half weeks. I'm going Juicy Lucy based on this. I feel like like the cheesesteak has become such a big deal in Philly that you have way too many people making them. And therefore, therefore, some of them are really pretty good, but some are not. Juicy Lucy's across the board are pretty damn consistently good. I'm going Juicy Lucy. Okay, that's fair. I actually agree with Phil on this one. The scalding is a huge problem when it comes to the it Juicy is. Lucy. It is, and then you can't, if a... you cut it in half, the cheese leaks out, and now it's not a Juicy Lucy anymore. It's oh, it's a really difficult you thing. You Just have a drink nearby. So once your tongue burns, you can just take a drink. Well, it doesn't matter. Just like it's still going to be singed. Anyways, what's the next one? Uh, last one. Let's go to music, all right? Minnesota musicians versus Philly musicians. I found a couple top 10, top 20 lists. I'm going to give you the top five, and you're just going to have to tell me simply who you prefer, all right? Okay. So we're going top five versus top five? Correct. Okay. Top five Philadelphia musicians, courtesy of some Philadelphia blog, whatever it is. Number five, Hall & Oates. Oh, yep. Number Philadelphia four, wins. Number four, Patti LaBelle. <laughs> Frankie Avalon, three. Teddy Pendergrass, two. John mm. Coltrane, one. That's an impressive list. Yes, but it is. You also have a, the thing about Philadelphia music is you also have a Philadelphia soul genre. Like, there's a genre of soul music named after Philadelphia. And nah, our top five Minnesota, this is a City Pages list. Suburbs, five. Replacements, four. Andrews Sisters, Bob Dylan, and Prince. 
Ooh. Yeah, it's not even close. It's Philadelphia. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. But yeah, if if you have if you have a building that's nationally known because you, you've had so many popular people record there, you win. So Philadelphia wins. The yeah, Brill okay. Building wins. Yeah, we can be objective. Yeah. The problem with as the much Minnesota list, it's so top heavy. It is. It's I, mean, pr- I mean, it's Prince, Prince and Bob Dylan, Dylan is not. A, I mean, Bob Dylan is. Don't you? Don't you be disrespecting my band? The, the guy replacements. can't carry a tune. Don't you be don't you be disrespecting the replacements, Dave? I'm not Harrigan. necessarily disrespecting, uh-huh. but when you put Prince Dylan and even the Andrews sisters and then you go to the replacements and suburbs, it feels like there's a big drop right there. Yeah. See, we can be the objective. Building wins. We can be objective. Um any other categories? Is that a tie? I think we have a tie. All right, let's go one more. Fictional movie characters. One more. No, no, we're not gonna do that because <laughs> Rocky rules. Um, how about this one? Quarterbacks with retired numbers. Vikings Fran Tarkenton. Eagles, Donovan McNabb. Thank you. Minnesota wins. Bye. Good night. They retired Donovan McNabb's number? <laughs> number five is retired, yes. <laughs> I don't know which size jersey they retired. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. There it is right there. Tarkington lost four Super Bowls. McNabb played in one, I, I believe, in puked. So right. I'm going Tarkington. I'm going Vikings. Vikings win. Yeah, I'll go with, uh, they're both, yeah. We break the tie by the Vikings taking home the I think just because Tarkenton went one round further before his letdown. And he never threw up, I don't believe, during the course of a Super Bowl game. No, I don't think so either. Uh, Real quick, before we break, a word for Luther Brookdale Toyota, which is right on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, and uh, help keep the Mackie and Judge Show and the Touch Em All podcast on the microphones every day and every week. There are some great specials right now, the month of January, on the 2018 RAV4. This is one of the best SUVs in the world. We're talking about great spaciousness. We're also talking about handling like more of a Camry or a Corolla. And you get all the safety features, four-wheel drive, and um, all of the the bells and whistles on the interior with upgraded technology. This is the time of year you want to be driving something safe, something reliable. So go in, stop in for a test drive, see my friends in that showroom area, tell them Phil Mackey sent you. 0% financing on the 2018 RAV4s plus $500 bonus cash, or you can lease for just $199 per month with a very reasonable down payment. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. We've got some big news. Mackie and Judd now continue. Can you smell it? On 1500 ESPN. The Super Bowl experience driven by Genesis is coming to the Minneapolis Convention Center January 27th through February 3rd and features youth football clinics, the NFL shot presented by Visa, player autographs, ring display, and more. Want tickets? We can hook you up with that, too. Head to the 1500 ESPN stream player right now for details on how you can win. What's going on, Philadelphia? John Barchard in again for the uh, midday show for Joe DeCamera. John Ritchie hanging out as usual. James Seltzer behind the glass. And ladies and gentlemen, it is no surprise As it is Wednesday, it's the middle of the week, and the Eagles are still underdogs. The NFL Network, man, they ain't giving the Eagles no respect. No respect? No respect. Dude, I was watching an NFL Pick'em show, and it it was before the Vikings and the Saints had played. Mm -hmm. And they said it didn't matter who won that game. It was going to be a cakewalk (laughs) through Philadelphia on their way to the Super Bowl. A cakewalk? A cakewalk. That's what they call Philadelphia. 
They called him a cakewalk. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Every Philadelphia Eagles fan who has tweeted or emailed or called into the show, except for the, there was one very reasonable Eagles fan who did call into the show today who was listening on The Fanatic, is it's like a reincarnated elementary school bully that you forgot about 20 years ago and now has just like morphed into an Eagles fan with a Brian Dawkins jersey and throws basic, generic, cliche trash talk at you. That's that's what this is. Because they're getting no respect. They're very upset. Such the entire respect. National Football League put them down. Why would you ever, like, and this, this applies to the Vikings too, why would anyone give you respect? Vikings or Eagles, neither one of you has a Super Bowl. Both have career backup quarterbacks that have been mostly crappy for five or six years. Mm-hmm. Like, go earn your respect. The Patriots did. They won five Super Bowls. And I'm saying this about the Vikings, too. I don't want to hear anyone from the Vikings fan base or the locker room, even going into the Patriots game, if they win, the, if they win against the Eagles, no one's, gonna, no one's giving us respect. No! Because you haven't earned it ever in the history of your franchises. I hate that and narrative. The, and it's the so problem dumb. in... in- Philadelphia is you're sitting in a place where you you look to your right and you got New York fans and you look to your left and you got Boston fans and they've yeah. all and they've all got rings and you don't and so it ruins your life. It's a it's a it's thick simple. palpable inferiority complex that permeates from Philadelphia. You're not Boston, you're not New York. Sorry. And you know what? Their comeback is as we've heard the last two days, well, what have you guys done with your sports teams? We know. Oh, yeah. We're fully self-aware yes. that the Vikings have never won a Super Bowl, that the Wild and the North Stars have, have a goose egg, that the Wolves have been a laughing stock for 15 years. We get it. That's why we're not thumping our chest with false, dumb bravado. But we've also not gotten one phone call from some guy named Biff about how the NFL Network's talking about the Vikings right now and saying they got no shot. I'm from Philly. I'm from North Philadelphia, born and raised, played basketball in the public league system. Thomas Edison, alumni in 1987. Wherever I went, I went to college in Santa Maria, California. Philly, we got the most swagger ever. Wherever I go, everybody know. We walk different. We look different. You know what I mean? We talk different. We do everything different. We ain't that, that national thing, that's on them. But I know me and my crew, Philly, we got more swagger than anybody. Steps into it, passes, caught, Diggs, sideline, touchdown, unbelievable, Vikings win it. That's swagger. The, the best call we got today was, was the guy from Philly trying to convince Viking fans, come early, you'll really enjoy it, we're really nice. Yeah, sure you are. Yeah, I'm gonna stab you with that's a gonna be, wooden knife. That's gonna be that a really good decision security. to show up in your Stefan Diggs and Keenum jerseys on Sunday in the parking lot at Lincoln Financial Field and tailgate with Eagles fans. With with Larry and Donnie and Vinny. I wanna mock I want to mock The Godfather has spoken. Godfather Mock, the Mock Father, Mel Kiper Jr., 1.0. Dave, do you have it in front of you? I do not. All right. Do you have it? I will have it here in just do. a second. Just give me a second to Google this. Mel Kiper. Mel Kiper Jr. Now, here's the most important question today with this mock draft. It's not to me whom the Vikings are taking. It's where he has them picking. So let's start at the top. 
He's on the, by the way, the first person who does mock drafts uh, around the country that told me this two weeks ago, and he was on this. Our guy, Sean Zobel, who hosts the uh, Football Headquarters podcast, 1500ESPN.com. Mm-hmm. He was on the Josh Allen number one overall pick wagon at least a couple weeks ago. Nell Kuyper is now on that bandwagon. Josh Allen, quarterback Wyoming, number one to the Cleveland Browns. Number two, Josh Rosen to the Giants. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Saquon Barkley to the Browns at four. Darnold to the Broncos at five. Let's go all the way down to number, let's slow cook this. Number uh, 29, Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. Taking uh, a tight end from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Number 30, Philadelphia Eagles. It's got the Vikings moving beyond the Eagles. All right. Very good. Number 31, Minnesota Vikings. He's got drafting in the Patriots, number 32. He's got the Vikings taking an offensive tackle from Texas, Connor Williams. I want to mock. Mock. I want to Where's the respect? No respect. Where's the respect for no us? No respect. It's disgusting. I'm, I'm going to start calling sports talk shows as soon as this show is done to complain about this. No respect. No kind of show does no respect. I know we've never won anything in the history of the franchise, but, but damn it, give give us unfounded respect. We demand it. How can we not be drafting 32nd? Yeah. All right. We have a huge show tomorrow. Superstar Mike Morris, a scoop with yep. Doogie. Yep. And uh, Todd Furman's going to help us with our picks. Maybe another surprise or two. And hopefully some more trash-talking generic Eagles fans. Oh, I'm sure we will have some. All right. See you guys tomorrow. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday. And as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.